everyone, and welcome to another episode of Zippy the Wonder Snail. I am your host, Tim, and I'm with my co-host, Jason. Hey, Jason, how are you today? Oh, I'm good. Uh, they can't see my air guitar, but it was there. It was there. You were really rocking. I, I, I wanted to kind of let you go on for a guitar solo for a while because it was it was something to behold. Well, can't leave everything to Eddie Van Halen. May he rest in peace. Well, we don't want to string everyone along too long, uh, but... Here we are in the middle of summer, and we're back for another episode of Zippy. It's so good to be back in the snail hot seat, and we've been just preparing for this show while eating a little lunch, or I have. Jason here, my comrade, has been watching as I eat delicious smoked cheddar cheese. Yeah, I I make poor life decisions, so I'm actually not eating anything right now. But yeah, I was enjoying you, uh, watching you eat your cheese while we chatter off the air and maybe we'll use some of our off the air chatter you'll find out uh but uh that was great and i was i was saying you know i'm known as a guy who's not terribly fond of cheese uh but it's very particular i don't like melted cheese so i i did tell you that i would enjoy the smoked cheeses that you were eating yeah i I have to say if anyone hasn't discovered it aldi has double smoked cheddar cheese right now and it is well worth your time. I think people, some people still kind of hold their nose up at Aldi like, oh, that cheap place. But let me tell you, they import amazing international foods. And so you, you go to um, Aldi and you get cheese and you you pick up a, a block of cheddar and it might actually be from Cheddar England. I mean, genuine, authentic English cheddar. I, I think this one might have been, but in any case, the more important thing is that it's been double smoked and, and it is good. We... We struggled as a family a little bit when I grew up, and I was also uh, babysat by people who were poor. So I do not look down on Aldi. Uh, was there a lot when I was a kid. So I'm glad to know that they're, you know, we're doing a commercial for them right now, but providing high quality food to to everyone, whether they have a lot or a little, it's a good thing. So yeah. I don't care. I could have all the money in the world. I'd still go to Aldi because Aldi just has great things. Um, Incidentally, Conrad, do you like cheesecake? Yeah. They, I, I've just discovered Aldi has amazing cheesecake. They had a key lime cheesecake this summer that was just fantastic. Well, bless me. I didn't know that. Yeah, like 12 bucks for an entire cheesecake. How much? $12 for like a, a, a full-size, uh, like, like the whole cheesecake. Good grief. I'll be all over that. Thank you for telling me. You're welcome. I think that's usually like what twenty twenty five bucks at most grocery stores and twelve bucks. Good grief! Okay, yeah. Well, I'm enjoying this food segment. In fact, I'm hungry. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, there's a lot to chew on here. This is what we have to deal with on a on a daily and a weekly basis, my friends. Tim and his puns. Anyway. There's no way around it. But uh, anyway, you slice it. All I can say is I I love Aldi, and if you haven't tried Aldi yet, as long as we're doing a commercial for them, let me just mention that all their products come with a double guarantee. So if you're not happy with them, they they replace the product, and they give you your money back. So they're pretty confident. Okay. Yeah. Thank you to Aldi for that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that, or I didn't remember anyway. Haven't been there since I was a kid. So Yeah. I'm a bit of an Aldi nerd at this point, so you know. That's fair. Just add it to your other nerdery. There's a lot piling up. I specialize in nerdery. Uh, and so what can I say? 
So what else were we going to talk about today? Yeah. Well, we're really confident that smoked cheese is good. And uh, I can assure our listeners that Aldi is good. We're less confident in some of our pandemic-related matters uh, right now. Uh, we just got news before recording that President Biden has COVID. So that's that's disturbing. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty mild right now um, from what they've been saying. Uh, but with the president's age, of course, um, you know we're all worried about it, and we'll certainly be praying for the president here on the show. Uh, I mean, yes. among us, whether we pray on the air or not. Uh, but uh, yeah, not a good thing. And hey, we're still not out of this, even though we've been doing better. And you were going to mention uh, monkeypox that we're still starting to deal with. It seems like our world, you know, whenever something's a hit in Hollywood, then they produce a bunch of knockoff sequels. And it seems like maybe we're doing that in the pandemic too, because, and I would imagine most of our listeners have heard something about monkeypox, but it's kind of scary. And we downplayed it at first as far as how it could spread, but there is at least some indication it is airborne. So, um, so we need to be alert to it. And one thing I think we saw with COVID was that we took so long to do much that by the time we did, it was all over the place. And it looks like we could be on a similar trajectory, possibly with monkeypox, where, where one epidemiologist I really like to follow, Dr. Eric Feigelding, is, is saying that at the current rate of spread, we could be looking at 100,000 cases by mid-August and a million cases by November. And if that's the case, it's going to be like COVID where we can't get rid of the thing. And, and so that should be, we, we should be vigilant. Yeah. Cause we, we were sort of talking uh, before we went on the air, of course. Um, and, and what is, what is the treatment for the monkey pox? Do we have, do we have treatments for it? Uh, well, uh, as I understand it, the best treatment is if you, Find out you've been exposed, you've been around anyone that has it, uh, or have any reason to believe that you have. If you haven't been vaccinated against smallpox, is to get a smallpox or monkeypox vaccine, which um, unfortunately I think are they're kind of hard to get at the moment because in certain areas people are demanding them because of the spread of monkeypox. But but if you can get one, that sounds like the the best course of immediate action. You can actually get the vaccine after being exposed and still derive some benefit. I think there's some antiviral drugs, if I'm not mistaken, after you actually come down with symptoms, but I've heard those are also hard to obtain right now. So part of it is just sort of riding it out with, with some of the same, you know, um, uh, anti-inflammatory drugs and, and things of that nature that you would if you're de- battling uh, fever with COVID and such. And then, of course, okay. ointments to deal with the, ra- the, the boils. Yeah, and you were saying that uh, it, it's gonna hit it's gonna hit children harder than it hits other members of the of the public. Yeah, the the WHO says that it has a three to six percent fatality rate at the moment, which should disturb us because that's quite a bit higher than COVID, um, and, right. and way higher than the flu or, or other things of that nature. But yeah. historically, it's been as high as 10%. Now, this seems to be a slightly different variant, so we'll see where it settles. But it seems to be that the those that get hit the worst are, are kids, the immunocompromised, the elderly. Same kind of song and dance we've been seeing with COVID uh, on the latter part, but with the addition of kids. And, and so 
um, it should concern us. And it may be something that we need to be concerned about as we're going back into the school year, that it is possible that it could spread from kid to kid. Uh, certainly physical contact spreads it. So if they're playing sports or they're just playing out in the playground, that could help spread it. But again, we even have CDC data that's going to clinicians, not so much to the public, suggesting masking around possible exposure to monkeypox because it does seem to also be in the air like COVID. Oh, dear. Okay. And and it seems to me, based on what you're saying, that you know, if we have 100,000 cases by August and a, and a million by November, we're in another pandemic situation. Right. Uh, um, so we'll be keeping an eye on that. My uh, my favorite Twitter follow I mentioned, uh, Dr. Feigelding has been actually lobbying publicly for the WHO to declare a pandemic so that certain, um, you know, s- certain responses start happening sooner because the sooner we can try to shut this thing down and take appropriate precautions, the better off we are. And and that's the the sort of thing we saw with, with COVID when we actually took a lot of precautions, we shut it down. Now we're kind of just on a slow boil where people are, I, I bet everyone listening to the show today knows someone who currently has COVID and uh, you know, it looked early on that if we'd been able to continue our mitigation measures for a little while, we might've been able to take it out of circulation. Now it, it seems almost impossible to do so. But I think the big thing we need to be thinking about now is, can we take something like monkeypox out of circulation before it becomes more widespread? Because we are looking at uh, greater fatality rates and, and pretty significant pain when you get it. Um, it's supposed to be really, really painful. Um, and it may have lasting effects like scarring and so on. So it's, it's, it's not like a lot of people downplay COVID now. Well, it's just like a, a really bad cold. And, and thankfully sometimes it is only a really bad cold, but um, this could be worse. Yeah. You know, this seems like it, it could be, could be even worse. Well, you're just full of the good news today. I mean that somewhat sarcastically in the moment, but we do have good news later on in the show. So yeah, be- well, not, not, uh, not happy to provide this bad news, but you know, maybe if we can all be vigilant and demand of our local politicians that they take this seriously, if it shows up in our town, Maybe we can shut this thing down, and that would be a good thing. In the meantime, I think we should all be kind of looking for opportunities if we start to see smallpox vaccines made available again. Um, it's time-tested for those that feared that you know the COVID vaccine was rushed out. Smallpox vaccines have been around for decades now, and, and we successfully eliminated smallpox using it. So um, I, I suspect it's going to end up being something where we move towards urging people to get the vaccine that are like me and were born after they quit administering it. Um, and if that becomes a reality, then we should jump on that and just yeah. try to take all the air out of this. I'm fairly certain that I received a smallpox vaccine, but uh, I would have to look. I'm not sure. I'm a little bit older than you, so I might have might have received it. Yeah. Well, something for our listeners to keep in mind. And of course, as they know, we will be revisiting this as it seems relevant in the months to come. Well, when we face all that bad news, we need a way to escape sometimes just to 
cheer ourselves up, take our mind off the stress of the world so we don't become burdened down by them too much. And earlier this year, Wordle emerged. And I really think part of the reason it was so successful is it's a way to distract our minds for a few minutes every day and have a little fun challenging our friends doing it. And if you are currently playing Wordle and you want to add to your daily word game fun or you got tired of Wordle or you don't like the New York Times or whatever and so you walked away from it, check out biblical.com. That's B-I-B-L-I-C-L-E.com. It's from Faith Tree, and it's a free word-a-day game. It takes a five-letter word from the English Bible every day. You can play it against friends. It has the, the little emoji thing you can share just like Wordle, um, but it's coming from the Bible. It'll show you where the word shows up in the Bible, so you can actually use this fun escape as a way to also get to know your Bible a little bit better. And of course, it's so much more fun if you play it with friends. Post your score and see who can be the master of biblical.com for the day. So check it out, biblical.com. I'm playing this creepy music for a reason, which is we're about to talk about something. We're going to talk about preaching with the comrade. Yes, it's true, friends. Zippy the Wonder Snail may be recorded normally virtually, but you could have actually seen myself and my esteemed comrade co-host together in person as comrade Jason came and preached at my church plant the other week. And it was such a blessing to have him there. It really was a great time. I, I just about the spooky music because it was actually fantastic. And, and we just wanted to maybe talk about that for a little bit. Well, yeah. And I, I, I preached from uh, Habakkuk chapter two verses six through 20. Um, and I stole a little bit from, from Tim's sermon the previous week because he got to preach uh, from verse four, the just shall live by faith. So I had to steal a little bit of that and remind people of that uh, to lead us into Jesus. When you look at this particular text, what you have is a lot of woes. You know, chapter one, Habakkuk is complaining about the wicked seeming to get away with things. Uh, And then the Lord answers much like he does with Job and other places in the scripture uh, where his prophets are, are complaining and the Lord answers and says, I've got it. And then, Woes are pronounced uh, on various wicked people doing wicked things. And so there's a lot of woes. And so you're looking at the text and going, well, where, where's my hope? Or, you know, what do I do to get out of these woes? And the thing that we do um, is to trust in Christ. Because if we go back to that from the previous week, if we go back to the just shall live by faith, um, that that again reminds us that it's not anything we can do to just make it better. We can, you know, we can avoid sin. We can, we can recognize sin when we have it in our lives, but going from the wicked to the righteous is beyond the power of any of us. So we go back, we receive Jesus by faith, because we get that from the New Testament. We get that in the book of Romans, especially. And uh, it's in Ephesians as well. And it, it's all over the place. Um, 
you, you know, and in Ephesians 2, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So faith is a gift, and receiving Jesus is a gift, uh, but it's a gift that we can receive any time. And that's the way that we become the people who do not have woes pronounced over them because we're in we're in the covenant with Christ. We're walking with Christ. Uh, like Paul says in Romans 8, uh, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So that was the connection point. And then when you get to the end of the text, boy, I'm preaching here on the show. When you get to the end of the text, you have, um, but the Lord is in his holy temple. Um, basically, let everyone keep silence. And so what I realized there was, you know, with Christ, it's a different sort of silence. It's not the silence of wrath. It's not the silence of fear. It's the silence of peace and joy and having come uh, into the throne room with boldness, approaching God with boldness through Christ because he tore down the curtain, uh, the curtain of the temple. And now there's nothing between us and God uh, because Christ has gone in there for us. So uh, you can find it. Uh, you can find it on faith3.com. Uh, the sermon will be there. And I invite you to check it out. And if you find something positive from it, praise God. Uh, the Holy Spirit is good. He's definitely very good. So he carried me through that in many aspects. So check it out. He definitely did. And I'll put a link directly to the sermon in the show notes. But um, I, I would commend the listener, if you haven't heard the sermon and you don't have time to listen to the rest of this podcast and the sermon, go ahead and pause the podcast. Come back to us later. Go listen to that sermon. It was a great sermon, uh, a truly encouraging one. And it, one thing, and, and if you can watch the sermon, it's all the more fun because you can see Jason, one one thing that was great about watching you do it. I mean, you, you were just going through the text and you had where you're going with the text in your head so much that you were just walking through it and telling me when to pull up scripture passages on screen, um, which you could tell how much this message was on your heart. It wasn't, you weren't just reading something it wasn't just something to talk about. It, it was um, truly something where you'd spent time in God's word and that God was speaking through you. And I know everyone that talked to me afterwards was so encouraged by it. And it was fun. You were the first guest preacher at Little Hills Church. Uh, and, and I'm glad you were. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So so Jim Crenning, who is helping plant the church, has... Uh, preached from the pulpit there once. Uh, but as far as someone coming in to preach, very first guest preacher. Well, what an honor that is. And and again, you know, if you need me, I'm happy to do it again. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll get my guest title knocked off after, after a while there. But uh, that was fun yeah. and that was a joy. And it's so good. And I kind of use guest lightly because you're you're a part of the Faith Tree family. You've been doing the devotionals and, and and such over there for quite a while now. So it sort of feels like using guest lightly when you show up at, at Little Hills. Um, but um, as far as at least physically appearing and sharing something, it was a, it was a first, and it was it was good. Um, so Th- that was really good for us because you and I 
as friends and co-laborers in the gospel. We don't we don't get to hang out in person that much between the pandemic and everything that's been going on. So that was a joy to just I'll be sappy right here to hug you, to you know, to see your face, to look in your eyes, you know, uh, to meet your mom, to meet your dad. You know, those were those were good memories and everybody that was there. I, I shouldn't leave out everybody else, but thankful for the welcome that I got and happy to come back anytime uh, to help you out. Yeah, I'll go right along with the sappiness. It was really, really good to to see you in person, comrade. And, and uh, uh, you know, uh, with the pandemic wrapping down and then you're hightailing it to South Carolina, I um, I kind of could get the feeling that you're trying, that you, you the, the opposite was true. You're trying to get out of Dodge now that you know that I could actually show up in person. But but thankfully, no, that was not the case. I, I kid. It, it was uh, those of us that know the two of us, we've been, been friends. We were figuring this out for what um, – 15 or so years now. Uh, is that right? Yeah. 15. I think that's right. Yeah. Um, but it'd been way, way too long uh, since we actually were in the same room. And uh, I was thankful for that and thankful to hear you share God's word in the process of that. It was just an all around great time. Really, really special. Praise the Lord and amen to all that. Yeah. trying some new software today and it came preloaded with this quote-unquote dramatic piano music I, I thought well i'll see what this does and um i don't know suddenly i feel like i'm in some kind of bad 80s soap opera or something either either that or one of taylor's all too well outtakes that was weird <laughs> yeah was so, well uh, <laughs> uh, and i just couldn't help but crack up that but that is not the music for that but that's that's the inspiration I was like, man, I just feel very sad. Um. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> we, we were going to talk about an article that uh, that you wrote for Open for Business last week about Dale Earnhardt, though. So maybe it, it ties in a little there. How about that? That's right. And I and I don't know um, how many of the listeners of the show know who Dale Earnhardt is and was, um, but he's one of the greatest NASCAR drivers in the history of NASCAR and one of the most famous auto racing drivers in general. Um, and we, we lost Dale, uh, February 28th, 2001. Uh, and he was my favorite driver. Uh, and I think he was everyone's favorite driver because as I said in my article, as a residual impact of losing this seven time Winston cup series champion and, he won 76 races in his career. Um, his son, Dale Jr., his entire career, and, and Dale just retired. Dale Jr. just retired. Um, he was the most popular driver in NASCAR, uh, measured by the fans. Literally, it wasn't even close. It was like Dale Jr., uh, he was the most marketable driver, even though he didn't. He wasn't uh, nearly as successful as his father. And I, but I think that's the re- residual impact of who uh, Dale Earnhardt Sr. was. So he, 
Uh, like I said in the article, he he won seven NASCAR championships between 1980 and 1994. So basically, as I was growing up, he was he was the guy. Um, and then he won his one and only Daytona 500 in 1998, three years before his death at the Daytona 500 on the final lap in the final turn. Um, and he's just a legend. When I saw the picture that you had, it was the Creative Commons picture that you found, but I, I saw the picture of Dale and I got choked up at the picture because he was such a big part of, you know, my sports watching life and growing up as a young man watching NASCAR, you couldn't avoid, you could not avoid Dale Earnhardt and you wouldn't want to. Um, he had the nickname, the intimidator because he, he drove so aggressively. Um, but he had the respect, you know, even the admiration of so many of his colleagues, even though that was the case, uh, kind of a throwback to the earlier days of NASCAR, uh, NASCAR had instituted uh, for that season, for the 01 season, a head and neck system for the drivers to keep them secure in their cars. And by a grandfather clause, Dale had refused it because he was old school. And that's how he died at the 500 there. So Mm. very old school, very beloved, still, still well loved, well remembered. Um, and I wrote a piece about it. So if you don't know much about NASCAR, start off with that piece, and then that may lead you in some different directions there. Um, still miss him. I still watch NASCAR, and yeah, it bears I, the imprint of his influence and his dominance. I'm pretty clueless on NASCAR and and the like. Probably my, my closest knowledge is playing Daytona 500 on my Sega Saturn growing up. So, you know. Well, there you go. I was pretty good at it, though. Uh, and I'm going to give you a little preview of a future piece uh, because I, I, a little um, brief mention of Tom Cruise in the piece because he started, uh, he starred in Days of Thunder, a film in 1990 that's about NASCAR, uh, and so, and I sort of set that up with an allusion to the Top Gun sequel that's been out that that's been so popular. Everybody and their mother has gone to see it, um, including me and mine. Um, so I'll be doing another piece on uh, Top Gun Maverick uh, coming up shortly. So get excited about that. I am excited. I, I actually, well, and you were shaming me the other day for this. I have not seen either the original Top Gun or Top Gun Ma- Maverick. So I, I need to work on that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, we're running out of time to actually hang out together, but I have a subscription to Paramount Plus. Uh, you can watch both of those things on Paramount Plus. Um, the original Top Gun, Top Gun. Well, I don't know if Maverick is on there yet, but it will be. It will be. Uh, and I'll be. I'll probably be watching it 20 times. Uh-oh. Yeah, well, you know, if nothing else, when it finally does show up on Paramount Plus, maybe if Paramount Plus supports SharePlay, um, we could, uh, you know, watch it in simulcast now. So, yeah, that would be exciting. We could do yeah. that. Yeah, uh, one way or another, we'll, we'll we'll watch it together whenever it comes out. That'd be fun, and you can clue me in on stuff. But I will say uh, one more thing about the Dale Earnhardt piece: uh, the movie Days of Thunder 
um, I commend it to you because it's just it's a very into- enjoyable Tom Cruise underrated classic, and Robert Duvall's in a supporting role, and you get a little look. You get a little look at Dale Earnhardt and Dale Earnhardt in his car uh, during that film, but it's very brief. Um, so uh, you should check it out. 1990. Great movie. Uh, Duvall should have won some awards, and maybe he did. I don't remember. But he was great in a supporting role. Anytime Duvall shows up, it's, it's usually great. So um, Completely agree. I'm not surprised there at all. up in our new software yet so we've been just sort of migrating with the birds and you know what else migrates with the birds is the weather you can never predict the weather and the weather is always all over the place certainly here in st louis we've had a lot of hot weather i understand where jason's headed in south carolina it's pretty toasty right now too so it's hot (laughs) hot everywhere in the united states right now soon it'll be cool everywhere well, most everywhere in the United States and wherever you are in the world, if it's hot, if it's cool, if it's rainy, if it's not, you're going to want to know what the weather is. And if you want to know what the weather is, you should go to faithtree.com weather. That's at faithtree.com slash weather. You can get all your weather, local, international, anywhere in the world that you want weather. It's there for you. We have radar maps. We have hourly forecasts, week, weekly forecasts all the way up to 10 days, plus a scripture that relates to the current weather. And you can do it all without ads and without tracking. It is there for you. It's not there for the advertiser. So check it out. Facetree.com weather. Uh, the, the music today is so good. I think we have some people. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Let's do that again. <laughs> Charge! Charge! Wow. Charge! <laughs> okay, charge! <laughs> I'm having a little too much fun with the soundboard today. Yeah, you are. Wow. I, I was going to say before before all that, wow, I, I think I'm fairly ambivalent about the music today. I don't know. Very interesting <laughs> musical choices. I don't know what to feel. With with the music today, uh, it's uh, it's got me emotionally all over the map. Today. Yeah, it's just like a good movie review from back in the the at the movies days, right? It, 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 I laughed, I cried, <laughs> all in the yeah, all in the same ten seconds. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, all I can say is <laughs> charge. <laughs> Before we lose control of this show completely, what are we talking about now, Tim? Uh, well, it's, it's kind of a, a bad—it's kind of a bad segue, but we are talking about Psalm eighty-eight, and and maybe maybe the—I'm uh, going to try to somehow connect my my amusement of our, our new soundboard with with this. You know, it, it seems like things are going really well, and 
you're having fun playing with the soundboard and the next thing you know, bam, life happens, something bad's happening. And we wonder, does God understand that? Right? Because we read parts of scripture and we, we see God's rescue. We see how he ultimately is victorious and it feels uh, very hopeful. And yet there are plenty of times where we're right in the middle of it and we don't feel hopeful. And Psalm 88 helps with that, doesn't it, comrade? It really does. And, and one of the things about the Psalms and one of the things about the negative emotions expressed in the Psalms is that it's, it, it's true to what we actually experience. That's one of the reasons why we shouldn't be afraid of those dark passages in Scripture because God is saying through David or whoever it happens to be, I get it. Life is not easy. And yet God is communicating his word even through, even through these human words that, that speak to really negative human experiences. And, and I think in our, in our Christian walk especially, um, we need to be more comfortable expressing those negative feelings and how we really feel. I wonder if anybody out there has, has thought that they need to, that they need to, you know, church it up a little bit when they're actually struggling, sort of pretend like they're not struggling or, or that the situation is, is not really as bad as it, it is, but that's not the truth. And that's not, it doesn't speak to how we truly feel. So the psalmist is that David there in Psalm 88? Thinking it's actually, it's the sons of Korah. Okay, so the sons of Korah. But the, the writer of the psalm, you know, it concludes in one part. It says, uh, my friends, you have taken away. My one companion is darkness. And so even if you're praying that, I mean, this is not, this is not sunshine and unicorns, you know, as, as this is being expressed. And, you know, this is, was again part of the temple worship in Israel. So, if you're singing along with, you know, my one companion is darkness. You're trying to enter into uh, the sons of Korah and their struggle, and we need to do that too. And and those of you from other, you know, higher liturgical traditions, um, you might be familiar with the liturgy of the hours. I was saying to Tim off the air. Uh, this is in the night prayer of the liturgy of the hours pretty often. So when we do that, we're praying along with everyone who's praying it at the same time. So even if it's not our experience, it's someone else's experience. And speaking to it um, strengthens our bond together as as the people of God and the people in Christ. So it's really good to to acknowledge our feelings and acknowledge what's really going on and to share each other's burdens in prayer like that. So Psalm 88 helps us to do that for sure. You know, and and what you're saying about, I liked how you put that. Sometimes we feel the pressure to church it up. And this has been one thing I I think we sometimes struggle with is giving room for, for grief and confusion and pain. Not that we want to stay in those places, right? We can, can do that in an unhealthy way where we just say, okay, I'm going to be sad and depressed and I'm just going to wallow in this hole because in some way it's satisfying. And and that's a genuine problem. But the the other problem is just as bad, which is where we say, well, you need to look happy. You need to be happy because you know God is good and he's forgiven you. And we should have joy. But 
it's okay to to be sad and it's okay to experience that. And it's so much better when it's the body of Christ, we experience it together so that it's not a lonely thing. It's not an isolating thing, but rather it, we we recognize that that not only are we going through these things at different times, all of us, but but also that God understands that here we are. That's one of the beautiful things about Psalm 88. God gave us the book of Psalms and didn't only give us Psalms where everything works out perfectly. We know in the end it does work out. God is victorious and he takes his people and he restores them and he wipes away every tear. And we know these things. And yet in the middle of life, there's plenty of times where we find ourselves um, where our companions have become darkness and we don't know what's going on. And to be permitted to linger there for a little while, at least, to recognize that God understands that we're there and that we don't have to pretend otherwise, I think is so helpful. And, and you know, if you've never read Psalm 88 and you get to the end, and, and that's the last, the very last phrase in the Psalm is, my companions have become darkness. It's sort of jarring. Where, where's the solution, right? Where does it say, but you, God, are, are rescuing me now and everything's great and everything's good. I think that's very, very intentional because God knows there are times where we're not there yet. And yes, he will rescue us. And yes, he is there with us. But if every psalm ties everything up in a neat and tidy bow, we're struggling to find a place to to identify with those psalms when everything isn't in a neat and tidy bow yet. And how thankful I am that the God knows that and gives us a psalm like this so that he, so that we know from God himself we can be in these places. It doesn't mean that we're no longer a part of the people of God. It, it it shouldn't be where we say, well, God must not love me if I'm in these places. This is part of the experience. And and I love that you said that it's part of the, the liturgy of the hours. I, I didn't realize that. Um, but this is the sort of thing we as, a, as, as the church should come to on a regular basis because we're going to be in these places and how good it is that God's word is, is, embedded in us for those times that we say, yes, this, even this is a part of the experience of being God's people. And and I want to say, I want to bring this around to, to Christ and to David. Um, we rightly, we rightly celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and the victory of that. Um, even as he's the crucified Lord, he's the victorious Lord always, but we could, venture just some contemplation on the cross itself and on the weight of sin as he walked in the garden with of Gethsemane and the weight of the sins of the world was placed on him and he bled bloody sweat from the terror and fear. This is who Jesus is and and um he's not scared of that either. So he can he can come to us and say, "Yes, I'm the victorious Lord resurrected for you to save you from your sins, but I am also and I always will be the crucified Lord who understands what it's like to be alienated from hmm. from his friends, but also from all goodness to be at least portrayed as as a thief and a brigand and so Jesus gets it. Um, Jesus knows. And and if I know that Jesus knows, I, I can remember um, 
one of my darkest days and I was in Peoria, Illinois and I was praying and I knew that Jesus knew what I felt, that the sorrow that I felt on that day, uh, Jesus had already tasted it and worse and that he was there with me. That that's when we start to share our suffering with Christ because we know that he has done that, then maybe we're not pretending so much. He's right there with us now in the suffering because he's been there before and he'll be with us again in our victory because it was his victory before. Man, I'm preaching again, but that's just... Amen. Let's know it. Let's know it and believe it in the suffering and in the victory. I couldn't agree more, and I will never, ever want to miss a time that you're preaching, uh, because you always have good things to say that remind us of the hope of the gospel. And speaking of which, uh, you're going through Psalm 88, 89, and 90 in this week's Songs for Our Temple, the the grow.faithtree.com devotional series we've been doing. And so I'll put that in the show notes too, so if people want to hear more of your thoughts on Psalm 88 and the the two Psalms after that, they can go ahead and check it out because I know that'll be encouraging as well. It's such a joy to do that project with you and Jim Crenning and Melanie Lawrence Haynes. And uh, I'm, I'm just so excited to be part of that and to get people more familiar with this part of the scriptures and with, with praying through, like we've been talking all, all of our experiences and then sharing those with God. Amen. I'm so excited to be doing it with you. And of course, also doing Zippy with you. It's always a joy. And unfortunately, we are running out of time for today. But I, I sure sure love these opportunities for the two of us to go through the news and culture that matter to our listeners as two Christian guys. And of course, if people haven't already, they should subscribe to us on their favorite podcasting app, iTunes, uh, uh, Amazon podcast, Spotify, you name it, we're there. You should check it out. You can also view our archive at zippythewondersnail.com. And we will be back again soon with more news and culture that matter to you. Two Christian guys zipping through it. And comrade, thanks as always. It's a joy to do this with you. Thank you, comrade. See you next time. Mm-hmm.